Welcome to this Adelaide Place podcast. I'm Fiona Stewart and what you're about to listen to is the first of four conversations I had with our lead pastor Stephen Crothers. During the spring of 2022, Stephen had sabbatical time and this conversation is an attempt to give him space to communicate something of what he learned and experienced and to chew over what that might mean for us as a church. In this first episode, we started by talking about what sabbatical is and how the reality of it matched up to his expectations. And of course, I wanted to know all about what he got up to in New York. Here's what he had to say. So here we are. We're in a funny little attic room in the yes. Adelaide Place Bath Street building, Stephen. Officially, it's room eight. Okay, I, I just get very confused with these. Room seven. Eight or seven. Yes, yeah, room seven. So actually. even you don't know. No, I don't know. Well, we've managed to rig it up with a few rugs around the walls and things to make it slightly... My calling Deader. card, a Persian rug. <laughs> Persian rug. It's got the <laughs> it's AP. Part of, it's part of my ministry. It's got the Adelaide Place vibe, isn't it? Yeah. The purpose of kind of just meeting to chat was really to think a little bit about what you experienced when you were on sabbatical. So you were away for four months? Three. Only take? three, it felt long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missed you so much. So you were away for three months and uh, as part of that, you were all, you were in the States uh, for some part of that, but you were in Scotston. Yeah. The States of Scotland. Uh, for the rest of the time and obviously you had time to to rest to process and so on um we're now quite a few months on from you coming back from sabbatical Mm -hmm. and I'm quite intrigued to know how that's landed with you so you have this glorious three months off to rest and read and run and do all the things that you you want to get your handicap down all that stuff yeah that's the goal for reference that's the goal for reference yes and then so you come back down from that kind of mountaintop slash up from the bunker. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the golf thing too far now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, how does it land a few months on when you're back into the busyness of, of life? Yeah, I guess it, it feels to me like a good time to be kind of sitting with that question and processing it. I actually even caught myself um, at uh, the driving range. Sorry, I will move on from golf <laughs> in a second, but the other day, and it, was, it, it reminded me, I'd, I'd been there about two months before my sabbatical, and I was listening to it, it's a Pete Scazzaro uh, podcast about going on sabbatical, and it's a two part mm. thing about planning it and stuff. Um, and I just clocked that I was in that you know this bay playing golf, thinking, oh, I'm now after the sabbatical, and mm. having all those thoughts, listening to that podcast of his, taking some of the wisdom, and also struggling with translating some of the ideas. Um, it, so it felt to me like this is it is a really good time to process what actually happened what was lasting what was significant um and you know it, the funny thing was with 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 sabbaticals you have all these expectations that um they're going to look a certain way and feel a certain way and maybe almost at times as i reflect back it's quite a romantic view of like suddenly you're going to have this space and time <laughs> and everything's just going to open up and go into depth and intimacy with with god because three months feels like quite a long time yeah yeah, yeah. and, and, I, and yeah. I was i was actually wanting to say that that i think we want yeah. to ban any talk of oh stephen's been on holiday is it because actually there's something about valuing who you are and what you do as as the leader of, of our church that it's really important that you have that big chunk of time and it is a yeah, big chunk yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, if you remember we talked in our, our leadership team and i put the the framework around it like it's not about I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, it's not, Sabbath wasn't about, you know, so much detaching, though it has that, it's it, detachment aspect to it of your responsibilities, but it's much more what I'm giving myself to, which is giving yeah. myself to 
unhurried space with God um, to find rest and recovery and depth. And so it's not just about downing tools. It's about uh-huh. a, a positive vision to step into. So so it is, it is important. And it's important to, for me to remind myself it's yeah. not just a holiday. It's not just time off. But nor is it CPD time or uh-huh. professional development. Uh-huh. It's um, It can be for some, but, it, you know, my sense going into it was give yourself over to God, mm. give yourself over to depth and recovery, however that goes. Yeah. And um, and that, that can be the, the danger, isn't it, that we all we all look for an outcome. We look, look for, you know, what we achieved. <laughs> and I suppose that's the, the, the antithesis yeah. of the whole idea, isn't it? It's not about achieving something. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so t- you talked about going into it. Yeah. It, what were your expectations of it? So, oh, I, I don't know. I... I I, I was sat with the puzzle that um, that knowing I was going to have be freed from responsibilities, but yet um, not be freed up from the responsibility of home life and being dad. And pretty sure my wife Claire, if she you know if she came home every day and I was lying there with you know cucumbers in my face and just <laughs> relaxing, she would have a word to say about that. So some of that was you know I've got three young boys, um, so family life is is full on at this stage of life so it was always a, I had a slight puzzle around how mm-hmm. this is going to feel like rest whenever that was you know still going to be ongoing let's say yeah um so I, I guess the my, what the biggest expectation for me at the time was around um less pressure on a week particularly on a weekend was huge and that certainly was a a huge gift at, right the whole way through was even the first few weeks I, you know I said about this romantic view it, it, I find myself praying poorly not wanting to pray not wanting to read I thought I'm going to catch up on all the things I want to read mm-hmm. and it, it was strange it just almost felt slightly numb and um, it all felt a bit futile for the first. So there was a weird adjustment thing that I kind of had prepared myself for. Uh-huh. So it wasn't that, that too up nor down about that. But I was just noted like, gee, I, I just, why is that? It's so interesting because I think that's quite common, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I, Not that I hear it. Common. I, I, <laughs> I, I've never been called common before, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a thing. Uh-huh. I, I, I suspect my hunches around some of the, you know. Maybe the pace or the things you're, the strains that you carry and real and, you know, maybe sometimes just internal, they, they don't just disappear and your body kind of needs time to adjust. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think we're, we, we flick a switch and just uh-huh. can make ourselves adapt. Our bodies need time to, to recover a bit. So yeah, so that was definitely a thing to, mm-hmm. to manage, which, um, I was glad that I had planned a trip uh, to New York, um, of all places, of course. That, that early haven of rest and restoration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Known for its, you know, pace of rest and restoration. Yes, thanks. Um, I was glad. I think it came in week three of the sabbatical, which was just about enough mm-hmm. to allow me to go through that some adjustment. And then actually, right, let's reset. And New York was just away. I went there. Um, by myself to a retreat and it was obviously free of um, family responsibilities and 
dedicated space. And I think that reset uh, was a resetting moment in, in a huge way. Um, did, did I ever tell you why I went to New York, by no, the way? Um, no, Literally. And I, I, I was sitting on the sofa one night and scrolling through Twitter, which I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. but And I just saw this uh, retreat ping up on my Twitter feed. And I was like, I just like, immediately was taken by it um, called Pastors, Priests and Guides. And um, I knew a little bit about the people hosting it, but not very much. I knew their names and I had listened to one podcast they did. And that was it. Um, but just something that made them like, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. And um, I sent the text to a few people think, what's this? What do you think? And a few people came back saying, that's a no brainer. That looks brilliant. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's so that's what that. took me to New York. Love, was like a t- random tweet that fantastic. was like New York it is. Um, so and yeah. I mean, do you want to just tell us a bit about what what that was, what it was like, mm. how long were you there for, who were you with, what was the format? Yeah. <clears throat> so Did you see any shows? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw a show by myself, which was weird. So I was there for a week. Um, and I was staying in Midtown, Manhattan. Again, that <laughs> restful part of the world. Um, the retreat was for three days of the time I was there. So basically, I had um, about three days at the start to... I always say to people, bounce around New York. Because you kind of do just bounce around and by myself. So I, I was there for a few days just to take in the sights and enjoy the city, which I did. And it's an amazing place. Um and then I had four days left. One of those was a Sunday. I caught up to, uh, with uh, somebody I know um, pretty well in New York, who's a pastor in, in Chelsea, Manhattan, uh, an Anglican um, uh, minister. So I, I, I was surprised then went up to their church. And then on the Monday, the retreat began um, in a beautiful part in lower Manhattan in one of the older buildings mm-hmm. in the... Uh, the city and then I had to retreat for the final three days and I was just delighted because as an extrovert I was like I was struggling not talking to people <laughs> like literally you mentioned the show I went to see a show I'll not say which one it was I went to see a show and then when it finishes yeah that's the moment you normally know, turn to the person you're with <laughs> I just go, turned to strangers yeah <laughs> well I went to but they were like yeah it just looked like yeah, I don't they weren't up from my chat so yeah <laughs> so yes yeah, so you arrived at the retreat so obviously it wasn't a silent retreat no it, it wasn't a silent retreat. What kind of people were there? Pastors, priests and guides. Pastors, priests and guides. And and just a, a part of what drew me to it, which helps answer who was there, was um, it, it felt to me when, the, when I saw it advertised, it was quite broad and ecumenical. And I wanted that. I, I kind of was done in with conferences or conferences in particular, just all people like-minded and, you, you know, you all go into a room and agree with what you already agree on. I was kind of up for something that was retreat-led, not conference, and broader and ecumenical from a learning point of view. <clears throat> um, so it was people from a whole range of traditions. There was an Anglican Episcopalian influence. There was a lot of... Um, a lot of experienced leaders, I would say, it felt in the room. It was immediately apparent that there was a lot of people who, yeah, I would just say, as experienced leaders in different spheres um, in church leadership. Um, it was all North Americans. 
um, which was absolutely brilliant because it was me and there was one other uh, woman from Australia and we were the two internationals out of the whole thing. So that that was just that was just fun. Yeah. They loved my Scottish accent. Of course, your Scottish <laughs> yeah, accent, yeah. love it. Yeah, which <laughs> no, for I, the benefit of the listener, I am for the benefit of the team. I am Northern Irish, <laughs> but uh, for the for that week, it made more sense just to go with it rather than yeah. you know explain. So yeah, they love my Scottish accent, and um, I think that's known as Ulster Scots. Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, and I think there's immediate comfort from being in a room where you just had the sense of we know each other's strains, even though we're all strangers. Just that commonality around uh, uh, leadership, spiritual leadership, tiredness, and yet um, hunger yeah. for God, and and some of the framework the theme of it was like I can't remember the exact words but it was for tired um, pastors, priests, guys who still haven't given up in the church and it's still that sense of look we're not here to m- just mope Yes, we're here because we have a hunger for God a hunger for the church mm-hmm. a hunger for the kingdom but realistically and interestingly um, not what, what, what I'm thinking you're saying here is that it's not also about fixing the church because I think sometimes that conference mentality can be what are we going to what do we do uh, and that can be exhausting I, I, I'm just glad you said that just like that because again that's exactly what I was running away from I could not be bothered going to another conference mm. that's going to say here's the pep talk and here's how it's going to empower you to go and okay. make a dent or, and it's just mm-hmm. like it was nice to just call a bit of time in that and be like let's just <laughs> not do that and see what happens and um and they did a really really amazing job of immediately creating a beloved community uh, context mm-hmm. i don't exactly know how they did it but there was just that sense of through the the worship the arrival the the spacious program it wasn't over program it wasn't stuffed with everything that they, you felt like you were treated as a human being. Mm-hmm. That was, and that felt hugely. Just as a, I've never, I, I, it felt like immediately to me like a sense of homecoming and, and any fear that I had, which I had for about three days in New York. That have I done the right thing? <laughs> on, on the church's dime bouncing around New York. Um, any lingering slight doubts, like literally evaporated from moment one of the first uh, welcome in liturgy and song. I was just like, it felt like a homecoming to me. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a liberation, isn't there? I think it's sometimes in going to somewhere where you don't know anybody because you can it actually quite quickly, you, well, you either put yes. up a mask and pretend to be something you're not yeah, yeah. or you're actually yes, quite exactly. free to take the mask off, aren't you? And it was definitely the last yeah. yeah. So the, so there was a real kind of personal refreshment yeah. in in that. Um, you've come back, and and I think what we're seeing in churches, you, you know, there's a bit of an implementation of some stuff around liturgy, thinking yeah, yeah. about how we bring that to the gathering. Uh, those of us who were at the weekend away, yeah, and um, you know, there was a definite sense of that spaciousness, and and I, I think there was something of the beloved community. Certainly, my mm. experience of that um, mm. when we were away the other weekend. But are there other things that you think? Yeah, I, I really that that was for me. But it's also for us as as church community here in Glasgow. Yeah, um, I think there was, and do you know, this is one of 
my reflection on this, on the, the liturgy piece and the worship in the beloved community, it is almost a surprise of the um, sabbatical. Like, I was almost glad I didn't go in, like, the focus of my sabbatical is to figure out church planting or this. I didn't have a, an outcome, as I said, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, at some points in some conversations, people felt a pressure, like, that I should, I should have a really, and, and so it surprised me that worship wasn't on my agenda. Um, or at least it wasn't to the fore of my mind per se. It wasn't something I was trying to necessarily in that moment figure out. And I suddenly realized within about the first session of being there that my, one of my existential questions had been quietly for some years, almost, it sounds a bit too dramatic, but it's like, where can I go to find God? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking in a corporate setting, it's like, where, where can I go to experience living water? the presence of God, because it seems like some of the previous wells have gone dry. The previous modes of sometimes the way worship is done or the pep talk rally and stage and the, the loud motivational music. I, a lot of people have probably had those moments where like you've been in a crowd of passionate worshipers where you feel like, like dead wood or disconnected or, you know, something. And as I realized there's a bit of an existential thing of like the previous wells I would normally go to, they're just not doing it for me. And, and that's, that's really interesting. So is, is that about you? Is that about where we're at in society? Is it about a move of the spirit that's the next thing? So, is it all of the above? And initially I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, if there's a problem. Yeah, we thought prob- that too. No. Probably, yeah. Is that, hence why I paid for my ticket. But no, I, I mean, my sense was there's more, but my, my you're quite prophetic in your in your gifting, aren't you? Did you say prophetic? I did yeah, say not prophetic, pathetic. not yeah. pathetic. <laughs> <'Cause>, um, <laughs> but you, so 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 I suppose my sorry, I interrupted you, no, but I, I wonder if that's about sometimes you sense things ahead. Yeah, yeah. You hear things ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely um, I, 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 that does that does connect, and I think there is a prophetic age which I take sometimes as I'm concerned about our relationship with God I'm concerned about faithfulness to him and you know there I guess that is a prophetic urge to be like like before we do anything are we are we deeply connected to God and are we living faithfully to him so so there and and there is an intuitive part to that that I think would definitely affirm what you're you're saying, and then presumably there's then a, there's a pain for you when that disconnect you recognise that disconnection in yeah, yourself. Yeah, hundred percent, and 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 hence why I did feel it as a sort of longing for um, deep connection with God that almost the other means just weren't really um, doing it. And so when I, in in this setting, it was the surprising mode of worship, which was more contemplative. Um, that we were all handed cheats and and a newer liturgy and everybody seemed to know their lines better than me but Mm -hmm. I quickly got to the programme and (laughs) realised when I was meant to say the words in bold and and you know and I I, I started to just get into the flow of it and and felt um, do you know at every I I suddenly realised how exhausting I found other modes of worship now when I say that I'm not saying there's a complete u-turn or disapproval of any particular form of Mm -hmm. worship Mm -hmm. i started to 
just see other aspects of it that were together are going to be much more sustainable. And, you know, I, I just, again, to that humanizing piece, I felt like this way of being together feels like not exhausting and you could take off the mask and you could be really up and excited and still be there. You could be really low and melancholy and still be present to and participate. So there was something in that that just made me, um, that, that just kind of drew me into the whole experience and and what it it, it connect it started to connect with um a thought that actually begun before I'd, I'd actually uh gone to new york and to the piece about worship in adelaide place now for those who are in adelaide place will know that we've been a wee bit experimental it might not be abundantly clear but at times for example good friday service ash wednesday sometimes around the christmas services we have gone more liturgic we've tried to elevate aspects of um, the Christian calendar and th- there's been a, a, a natural searching for how do we um, belong and participate and worship in the presence of God together that's authentic that's um, that has depth you know we've been on that journey so it yeah. started to connect with longings that we've been kind of yeah. uh, exploring ourselves and lament we, we, we've done exactly. we did quite a lot in lament in that exactly. season running up didn't we exactly which I think well certainly just speaking for myself I, I found really helpful to to delve into that a bit well it's, it's always really interesting people the, the gatherings out of all the ones that, that people tend to comment most is mm-hmm. some of the ones that were um, hit notes that we don't normally hit and there's definitely something in that that made me think that there's a wider hunger mm-hmm. that we all feel. Now, mm-hmm. worship's one of those classic things where everybody has different opinions on everything. And and I've got a pretty good way of just <laughs> holding that. And, and I guess just we all have different opinions. And it's, so it's, I'm not talking about preference, per se, or about even styles or that, although that always comes into these conversations. But at one level, it's just that deep hunger to connect with reality rather than mm-hmm. disreality and so one of the thoughts early on before new york was actually i'd made one part of the sabbatical i'd made a point of going to another church on a sunday which seemed like a sensible thing to do as a christian <laughs> as a minister <laughs> yeah so i did go to church um and the weeks skipped i didn't even feel bad but um and what one i think it was one of the first sundays in another church in um in Glasgow, in the, in the Glasgow, Glasgow in, in, Scotland area, in the, in the Glasgow area, and it, there was actually it was a spiritual director speaking, and uh, she was speaking on passage in John about as the Father sends me, so I send you, and breathing on the Spirit, and that moment for the disciples of re- receiving the Spirit, and and it was really helpful in that theme in and of itself, but it it was also something of what um, she was modelling as she was speaking because. As a spiritual director would, she had a pace and a cadence to her preach that was slower and intentional at points to allow you to absorb mm-hmm. uh, a moment. And she had some silence and just reflection built into it. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly, was, as a, I always say, a punter, just sitting in the pew, as it were, for uh, a, a, for a chance, I suddenly a, a, more aware of how many ideas it's easy to spew out yes. every week yes. amidst everything that's going on in people's lives 
And it can either get really either heady or complicated or we, we spew out a lot of ideas at times that actually there's a certain amount of, in terms of what people can only nourish or take in, ingest and be nourished by. And so um, it, it reminds me, I, I took a note here of a, a James K. Smith quote in his book, Desire in the Kingdom. He says this, he says, our ultimate love desire is shaped by practices, not ideas that are merely communicated to us. Say that again. Our ultimate love desire is shaped by practices, not ideas that are merely communicated to yeah. us. And it made me think, like, how many ideas do we never practice? Uh-huh. We talk about them on a the uh-huh. Sunday. Good ideas, like really yeah. important ideas, like yeah. tr- truths that are important. But how many do we talk about and don't practice? And, and, and we don't frame them either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking that when you were talking about the spiritual director speaking, yeah, that yeah. The, the, presumably the way she chose to yeah. deliver what she was saying yeah. was also framing something in in how it was landing. Yeah. Which, which you know, that is always really interesting to me because coming from a kind of theatre background, I find that really interesting to think about how you create not just the words, but actually the whole the whole impression for people that leads them yeah, to a place. I, you know, I think that's a fascinating thing that we don't think about a lot in church. You know, we all rush in Sunday morning, boom, boom, boom get your coffee, sit down, boom, <laughs> ideas, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's, uh-huh. there's definitely something about the, the environment that you set that feels um, sustainable and, and, and truly life-giving. And, and so there's, there was just a thought about, um, I guess a pace of gentleness and a wisdom to actually set the right context in the place of, of worship mm-hmm. um, that expects the transcendent of yeah. God. I, I love the, the otherness and the, just the sense of the gravitas of when we come together in God's presence together. There is something so precious about that. But also the idea of practice becomes really important and actually what leads to, to change and not just ideas. So that was a thought that actually then got me thinking then when I came to New York, I was just ripe for mm-hmm. there are other ways to um, host word sacrament community spirit together that actually might open up new aspects of growth and life that um, that actually was something that for me for sure but actually yeah for this could be wider but I wasn't even in the time thinking alright this is going to be that I was just so caught in the moment of homecoming of this is just good for me and I'm glad I'm in New York <laughs> you know, of all places to find rest it was right in the in the centre of it and yeah it was, it was a really brilliant experience brilliant we'll stop we'll stop at this point and finish this part of the discussion but I think the next thing we're going to talk about is about um, how some of that you've got thoughts about how to implement that mm-hmm. now that you're back anything else you want to add in on what you did in NYC favourite favourite food Favourite food? Oh, right. Uh, I had a really nice Korean uh, meal for one, um, <laughs> which was... Just, you're painting such a picture. Yeah, no, it, that was that was awesome. That was favourite food, a Korean. Um, it was a barbecued steak. Favourite person at the retreat? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I some faith, but they'll remain nameless, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs>